From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with uh, Jeremy showing the Sunday Sprint with Luke Morrow of Charleston, South Carolina, is where he is. Week, what is this, 13? Ooh, uh, 14? 13? I don't know. Hard to keep track. I'm putting you on the spot 22 seconds into this podcast. Well, first of all, good morning. Luke. I know, I haven't even been able to say good morning and wake up yet. You're already asking me tough questions. Good morning. We face each other this week. And yeah, that? the Jets come off of the Mike White revolution. The Mike White evolution. The era of Mike White, which may last for one more week, two more weeks. Robert Sala says when Zach Wilson's fundamentals are ready after this reset... He's back. I'm not so sure. From a Viking point of view, what do you see in Mike White? I like Mike White. Uh, I thought they should have went to him sooner. I thought they should have used him more these last couple of years. Uh, I picked him up my fantasy team last week as I had expectations for him against Chicago. Now, in regards to last week or Mike White moving forward, he's never completed a full game on the road yet, right? So that's going to be a first for his sake, hopefully, first today. That would be a concern for me is that what we've seen from Mike White, you know, this could be a different challenge going into Minnesota on the road. This isn't going to be the Bears at home. But with that said, the Bears are 30th in pass defense. Who's and they had injuries all over the place yeah, in their secondary. True. But who's one of the two teams behind the Bears in pass defense? The Vikings. So oh, okay. It's a chance for, for Mike White to uh, maybe be able to do some things. I will say, though, the Vikings today are getting uh, – Two of their defensive starters back, their best run stuffer, and a, an important cornerback as well to play on the other side of Patrick Peterson. They were down to about their fifth cornerback the last couple of weeks, so that should help. My point being, it's on the road. You know, it's going to be a tough environment. Yada 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 for Mike White. Can he do it two weeks in a row? But the Vikings' pass defense has been very vulnerable, so there should be opportunities for uh, for Mike to be able to do some good things again today against this Vikings defense. And unfortunately, we, for for my side, and we saw Elijah Moore. Uh, re-emerged last week. Yeah. No Michael Carter, the offensive Michael Carter, most likely for the Jets. <laughs> but they bring up this other running back, Knight, who had himself a day in the rain and the slop in the swamps of Jersey last week. Um, especially after uh, Michael Carter, the running back, not to be confused with Michael Carter, the defensive back, Two unrelated people. Um, trust me, even for Jets fans, this is confusing. Um, and really, Luke, the way that I look at it is efficiency of offensive production. Efficiency of offensive production. What does that mean? There's all these stats out there in basketball and other sports about offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Not what I care about. What I care about is when you actually complete the pass or have a run, does it get to where you want to go? And the Jets have found a nice rhythm. What happens with these injuries? You see James Robinson, the guy they traded for from Jacksonville. He's upset about his usage rate. And... Jets offensively, if you don't see the big guys back there uh, to stop the run, 
does that let the Patrick Petersons of the world go after with double coverage, the Garrett Wilsons, the Elijah Moores, whoever. So I think from Mike LaFleur's point of view, it's going to be very innovative passing um, and play calls and play designs um, to try and free up some people. I think efficiency, especially on the road, is going to be paramount. Now, Mike LaFleur also said that Mike White ran the scout team better than some of the quarterbacks they faced that week. Zach Wilson has been running the scout team. Who is Zach Wilson? Uh, what If you're trying to be an actor to play Kirk Cousins, who are you trying to be? What is sufficient for that role, Luke? To pretend to be Kirk Cousins? Yes. That's a good question. Um, you know, for Kirk, this year in particular, he's taking more chances, which is nice to see as a Vikings fan. It's led to more turnovers. But his, he has been willing to throw the ball downfield more, and uh, that's been a big boost for the Vikings with, um, you know, obviously with Justin Jefferson being able to make plays downfield. Uh, that was always the biggest issue with Kirk was that he would play almost too scared, right? Check downs on third, not throwing it to the chains, checking it down on third down. Oh, so frustrating how many times I'd have to see that. To give yourself a chance to go pick up a first down. And he's doing more of that this year. His stats aren't as good this year because he's being more aggressive. But that's what you want out of your quarterbacks. And in the big moments, uh, he plays well. And the Vikings have a saying this year that, um, I'm going to butcher the exact phrasing, but it's something like, uh, be your best in the biggest moments, something simple like that. But that's the idea that the Vikings, uh, you know, will, will maybe not play their best in the first half, but by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, they pull off these comebacks. And the Vikings and the Jets are two teams that are top four and fewest points allowed in the fourth quarter, so it should be interesting if it comes down to the end of the game, which team executes better. Um, I don't know if I, with all that said, I don't know if I have a good answer for your, your question. very good. I don't know if I have a good answer for you, but the concern for me would be for Kirk Cousins, the actual Kirk Cousins today, is if the Jets can get pressure without blitzing, which they've been able to do yeah. uh, this season. That's the concern for Kirk. You know, the Patriots were one of the, I think they're second in the league in pressure, but they do it with blitzes. And Kirk Cousins was able to take advantage of that uh, against the Cowboys. They were able to pressure Kirk on 60% of his dropbacks without blitzing, and that was a train wreck uh, a couple weeks ago. So if the Jets can get pressure without having to blitz, I mean, it's the case for any quarterback. That's the concern, especially for Kirk Cousins. That's where he's gotten into trouble this year when, uh, teams can get after him uh, without the blitz. You know, he still drops seven in coverage, and uh, he can't do anything. So that, that's the biggest concern for the offense today. Justin Jefferson versus Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I'm going to give you a prediction. They're not going to put Sauce on Justin to start the game. I can see that. I can see Jordan Whitehead or DJ Reed coming over there. Just a little surprise, a little wrinkle. They've done this at times, the Jets have. Um, but, man, the, 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 the um, ascendance of Justin Jefferson, which we all knew coming out of LSU how much of a prized product he was and how special he was. But this ascendance... Um, is something really interesting and really special. And it's interesting that you say that because um, at least to my ears, that means double coverage. 
And that means somebody else open over the middle. And where have the Jets been vulnerable? Linebackers covering tight ends or running backs or anything like that. So A, sauce and your observations from afar. And B, who should the Jets be wary about in the tight end running back, somebody running underneath route uh, portion of this conversation? Yeah, to answer the second question first, uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, that's why the Vikings went out and traded for him. Because if you go back and you look, Justin Jefferson had a couple of slower weeks there consecutively. Yep. And because yeah, teams were able to double team and just bracket him and kind of take him out of the game, yeah, they went and traded for Hawkinson, which is on paper just a good move in itself. But I didn't even realize the impact he could have in that sense of what you just laid out of. That now teams are unable to double team. It's like your poison. They're unable to double team Justin Jefferson as much. Uh, and when they do, Hawkinson set the record for most catches in the first four games for a tight end with any team in NFL history. So he's been the guy that's uh, reaping the benefits if you do play that type of defense against the Vikings to try to eliminate Justin Jefferson. And then if you go back and you look, since Hawkinson's arrived, Jefferson's had a big games again the last couple of weeks because, again, it's kind of pick your poison. Uh, you mix and match. Uh, you can't do it every play. Just leave Hawkinson open in the center of the field. Sometimes you're going to play that type of defense, and then Jeff, uh, Justin Jefferson can get loose in the sideline. So... It just adds another element to, to this offense. In regards to Sauce Gardner, look, he's the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, he's been fantastic. It's going to be a fascinating matchup if those two get, get locked up with one another. Uh, to my knowledge, though, you would know better than me, the Jets play more sides than matchups where Sauce plays on one particular side of the defense. Yep. Um, so, so you can move Justin Jefferson. You can put him in the slot if you have to, whatever, you know, try to keep him away. But, yeah, this is the type of matchup that um, – you maybe uh, throw a curveball and have your guy, not the entire game, like you said, I wouldn't do it the entire game, but certain situations, big plays, uh, matchup sauce, regardless of the side of the field, on Justin Jefferson and see what he can do with him. But if those two match up today a few times, uh, that'll be certainly a fascinating matchup this afternoon, two to the best of what they do. The Jets do run side, and then when, when it comes down to clutch time, that's when you see them start covering one-on-one, man-on-man, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it. It can still be side. It can still be different definitions, but you'll see Sauce just follow Justin wherever versus in the first quarter, you might have some leeway there. Right. Um, who wins this game? <laughs> because as a Jet fan, I'm like, all right, last week was fun, but the Bears were hurt. It was sloppy. It was rainy. Now we're going to Minnesota. This team is really good, but is it a mirage? Well, well, let me stop and ask you that. Is this Vikings team a, a mirage at the moment? Is this partly because of the weakness of the NFC North? Yeah, I look, I don't think so. I know, people keep saying that. We beat the Bills, they come up with excuses. We lose to the Cowboys, and, and then, you know, we lose by 37. And that makes that cements the idea in everyone's mind. The Jets, this is the um, the Vikings after today will have played the top four defenses in terms of DVOA in four straight weeks. They beat the Bills on the road. They got killed by the Cowboys, yes. They beat Bill Belichick uh, on a short week. And then we'll see what they do with the Jets today with extra time to prepare for Mike White. Um, but, you know, if they win today, they also sweep the AFC East, which people say is one of the best divisions in football. The Vikings would go 4-0 against that division. Uh, yes, the Vikings division is poor. Uh, but the other thing people point to is all the close wins they have. But you know what? The last time a team won this many close games was the Chiefs in 2020, and they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, now, I know Kirk Cousins isn't Mahomes, but sometimes teams just um, are fine. They just know how to win 
close games. The last time a team had this small of a point differential with this record was the Raiders like 40 years ago, but they won the Super Bowl that year. So it's not necessarily a fluke just because the team's winning a lot of close games. Sometimes teams just play close games and they find ways to win. And that's something that I think flips from year to year. Last year, the Vikings led the league in one-possession losses. This year, they're leading the league, I think, in one-possession wins. It's year to year. The Raiders last year were great in one-possession games. This year, they're losing all those games, and they're in last place. So my concern for the Vikings would be next year they lose all these games. But it doesn't mean that come December or January, suddenly they start finding ways to lose. I don't know if that'll be the case. So a long-winded answer. But no, I don't buy into this. It's, it's uh, been kind of annoying to hear the national media, everyone saying this, about this team being a fluke. The defense needs to be better, um, but, but I think they have a lot of talent. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I do think they're one of the better teams in football, and they played that way this season. And to answer your original question, I usually don't feel great on Sundays. You know, I'm usually very nervous going into games. I'm worried. Uh, I'm expecting the worst. Very few times I feel confident about a matchup, and today I do. Extra time to prepare for Mike White. He's going on the road now. I would expect a little bit of a letdown after what we saw last week from that Jets offense. I think the Vikings offense will be able to do enough at home and I do think the Vikings win, and I feel pretty good about the matchup today, but we'll find out. Maybe you'll be able to rub it in my face at about 4 p.m. with a victory text later on, and I won't feel so good. Is this because it's the Jets? Man, man, maybe that's part of it. It's the Jets with a backup quarterback coming into our place. Come on. We're 10-2, and two, whatever we are. You can't lose that game. Oh, but we'll see. <sighs> oh, God. Look, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know, it's a sprint, but he stopped. It's like a marathoner who finds his family and just stops and needs all the love and care he or she needs to get to that 26.2. Um, so as a result, are there any other games on today's slate that, that, that or this week's slate, and this is week 13, that, that open your eyes? Yeah, you know what? We've kind of complained, I guess, the last couple of weeks about not being a lot. Uh, there not being a lot of great matchups. This may be the best week we've had so far on yeah. for, for games. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the Vikings Jets is just even for the average fan. That is an intriguing game that we've been talking about. But yeah, the other two that certainly stand out. I mean, I guess even the Chiefs Bengals, the other three. But mostly for me, Titans um, Eagles is interesting to me, and uh, I really am curious to see the Niners and the Dolphins. I think that should be a lot of fun. Tua, 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 Tua. Yeah. I feel like the Dolphins, and yes, Tyreek Hill helps, but I feel like the Dolphins are a team that is going to win games by cramps. And that is the importance of them continuing to play hard through Week 18 and make it all the way. Yes, Buffalo might win in this division. Um, but if, man, if they can get home games and you start getting cramps back in, back into the equation, and people are going to listen to this and laugh. Luke, how many times have you and I seen players go down with cramps? And now you're running out a second string or third string dude who does not belong in there in a big moment because of cramps. College and, and and National Football League. Right. And the other thing, too, is just warm weather teams that would go to cold. If they have to go on the road in the play in January, 
and yes. take it on Miami team and go put them in, I, I don't know, whatever, Kansas City. I'm trying to think of what. No, just flip it, Buffalo. Put put them in, in Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. Just put them in Buffalo. Look, uh, because I, I remember having this debate on my radio show, and uh, I pulled up the stats, which I don't have in front of me. But, yeah, if you go back and you look, cold-weather cold teams do not do well in warm cities. Uh, and warm. that's not just a cliche. The numbers back it up. Warm-weather teams don't do well in cold cities. So, yeah, if you're the Dolphins, uh, not only the advantage of being home, but it keeps you from going on the road in January to some potential uh, cold city. And with that Titans-Eagles game, at what point does Derrick Henry have a game where you keep Jalen Hurts off the field? At what point does he have that 240-yard game or whatever? Yeah. Uh, 240 may be too high. The rush defense has not been good lately. Uh, This is a chance for the Titans to try to be able to take advantage of that. All right. So what's your game of the day? (laughs) I'm going to go 49ers-Dolphins. You know, McDaniel against Shanahan, two playoff teams. I think it's a fascinating matchup. I'm going to go our game. Come on. Yeah, I know. Well, we spent the whole time talking about it. Let me give love to something else. Sleeper. Sleeper game. Hmm. I'm going to go first because I have yeah, it. Go ahead. I have it. 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 Seattle and Los Angeles. It's also a game to watch golf during. But if Seattle does not win this game by about 46 points, then there's some problems in Seattle. And this is about the time of year you start identifying problems. So between that and Saints Bucks. Okay. I would say for my sleeper game, I think Commanders Giants. Uh, the Giants really need a win at home. The Commanders are on a roll. That's a big game for the NFC playoffs. But I'll also throw this out as well. Colts Cowboys Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys are favored by double digits. Just like the Eagles Titans, uh, the Cowboys are bad against the run. That's exactly what the Colts do with Jonathan Taylor. I think Sunday Night Football tonight, that could be a lot more interesting than maybe most people think. The Colts, I think, match up well with Dallas. Mike, Chris, and Melissa will be there to cover it. I don't know why I hyped just one crew and not all the other crews. Uh, that was a bad job by me. What's your game to watch the Hero World Challenge and see if Victor Halvon can go back-to-back? Um... Uh, you know, I'll probably say Broncos Ravens. I think I think it's every game this year has gone under for the Broncos. They're also low scoring. That team is so boring. Um, the Ravens are favored by ten too. So you know, people expect the blowout. That game is just a bore to me. Browns Texans. Who are the Texans starting? Davis Riley. No, I, that that's a golfer. Who who are they starting? They might as well. I think it's Brandon Allen. <laughs> That, the, the, like that? I, I don't know. I just know that, that there's a guy who has a very close name to a PGA Tour player who's... Uh, and, and yes, you've got the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Yeah. But just in terms of that... Um, yeah, I don't know who the uh, Texans are starting a quarterback. That's a problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is a problem. Um, if you're trying to win a football game and we can't name who your quarterback is. Um, and your person or player to watch, the segment Luke never preps for. Yeah, I had a name in mind yesterday. Honestly, I was thinking about it, and then I, I forgot. So I'm going to go obvious and say Deshaun Watson. 
uh, as you just mentioned. You know, Joe Burrow got off to a slow start this year, and I think part of it was because he had that injury and he didn't play at all in the uh, preseason or training camp. Deshaun Watson has not played in a game in almost two years. He couldn't practice until, I think, last week with the Browns. Uh, I don't really know what to expect when you just throw him out there. It's not its not like riding a bike. You can't take two years off. Ask, ask uh, Michael Vick. You can't take two years off. Come back in, and your first game, you know, you look like uh, an all-pro. So I'm curious to see how he does in Houston. Plus, you know, it is Houston. Uh, Tony Busby will be there with uh, with a number of uh, the, the women that were accusing Deshaun Watson yep. at, in the stadium. Yep. Um, it's Around 10. how he responds. Yes. Um, there's a lot of subplots to that game um, uh, that Luke just laid out. So I'm going to go in a completely different direction, a more positive direction. I'm going to name Mike White. How does this Jets quarterback in the biggest game of his career step up? He had a great first game, and then he threw like four picks in his second game mm-hmm. as, a, as a Jet last year in a fill-in role. How does he do this time around? Luke, good luck. Likewise. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody.